Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to episode number 88 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry with me. I have Dustin Galker. I have Adam Candy. You should follow them on Twitter if you don't already, at Dustin Galker, at Adam Candy. That is two E's, no Y. And, uh, you know, pity follow for me, at Matt Brown M2. Of course, uh, wherever you're getting this, if you go in, subscribe, rate, and review. We do appreciate that. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google wherever your podcast is uh, listening. Uh, We really do appreciate you helping us climb those charts and helping more people find this thing as well. We have a, of course, we will talk, uh, you know, what's going on in the states that just launched. We talked about last week that we were going to have a couple of new states joining the fray here. So we'll talk about those, some updates from there. Of course, we have to hit on New York because we do every single week. We'll talk about a couple of new bills and a hearing as well. But first, Let's kick things off here, Dustin. A couple of purchases of DFS companies by companies that we know are trying to make a big push in the sports betting landscape here. So, you know, we know that somewhere along the way we had speculated, you know, way back before even, you know, pass was repealed that we were talking about that there was going to be you know, these DFS companies, maybe the value lied in those email lists, their customer bases, the ability to cross sell. And so when you look at these couple of acquisitions, you know, certainly not major players within the DFS industry by any stretch of the imagination, but they've been around for a while. They probably make a little bit of money and over that time have probably accumulated pretty good email lists. Yeah, in some ways, it's, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. This makes sense. But in some ways, it feels like we're back in 2015. Like we had a day where the news cycle in our world was daily fantasy sports companies being uh, invested in or acquired. So we have first off, we have Bally's, which is uh, we, we've talked about them a bunch of times. They are looking to get into sports betting in a, in a real way. Uh, old Twin River Holdings, they uh, have a are looking to create a sports betting brand in the U.S. So what they did, they acquired Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, are familiar with them, but they are a uh, not a, quite a traditional daily fantasy sports site, but use daily fantasy sports uh, in a way to 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 serve the U.S. a little bit a little bit differently than DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, they acquired for ninety million dollars in stock. Uh, that is a big uh, a big number, but uh, especially just for the existing database, they you know they have some users. They said 180 registered users, 80,000 depositing players um, in in North America, but they're you know, generally considered the third largest operator outside of of those big two. But the big thing here is uh, DFS being used as a placeholder in uh, for other states, right? You have we still we we always come on here and talk about the four biggest states don't have online sports betting: New York, Texas, California, Florida. This is a way to, to serve those states and to build that database. So if you're a, if you're a true sports betting company, you don't and you're you're not DraftKings and FanDuel, you don't have a great way to acquire those customers. Maybe arguably, if you're Barstool, you do, and you'll, you'll have those customers when you go live. But that's the play here, and that's why you're seeing this. And on top of that, we saw Caesars make uh, announce a quote unquote a strategic investment in another daily fantasy sports platform. Superdraft, which is is probably not as well known, uh, but is has been around for a while and has been 
uh, trying to grow its its user base. But this is again, this is Caesars and uh, you know William Hill, which they work with, trying to build that database and then serve states where you can't you can't just go open up sports betting. So it's certainly interesting to see all this and and happen in a, in a short time frame. It really underscores how big of a a deal Flutter got when uh, it acquired Fanduel. Uh, you know, people are probably kicking themselves for not buying DraftKings pre PASPA or even in the in the wake of PASPA, but um, you know, daily fantasy sports is is the way to acquire customers kind of on the cheap and before you can serve a state because there's no other great way. And you see Fox bet with a super with its free free to play Super Six game or something like that. But um, a lot going on here. Well, I'm sure we're going to see some more M and A, and we're going to see more folks try to use this uh, uh, this this technique to get uh, ready for sports betting and further out in larger states. Yeah, the interesting thing about the the super draft side of things is they had actually just had another deal announced just in the you know a couple of weeks ago as well brandon adams uh, another person that i'm sure if you're you're familiar with the gambling space he's done he's basically played at the highest stakes of everything uh the highest stakes poker games highest stakes dfs highest stakes sports betting as well um he actually his company advanced sports analytics had had bought a super draft and then this this deal comes through as well so a a, sh- a sharp guy that basically i think is is probably kind of banking on the sports betting side of this more than the dfs side of things as well so it was just a you know very very interesting couple of weeks for super draft with all that and and adam you know with this merger and acquisitions that have been going on and with the things that, you know, we expect to continue to happen as we saw in the poker world, as we saw in the DFS world, we imagine it will, it will happen in, um, in the uh, sports betting world as well. Brad kind of speculated over at LSR with just some, some thoughts on everything that's going on in that M and a space. He did. And I think he, summed up the feeling that a lot of us have, but he confirmed it with a lot of people in the space, which is that the gold rush is far from over uh, and the approach of gold rush is far from over as well for uh, not just companies like Monkey Knife Fight and Superdraft, but for much larger entities as well. Uh, You know, most of the major media deals that were out there to be done are done. But at the same time, there are companies that Uh, like with the ones we just mentioned, who are basically very large databases, right? Like that's it. You're you're buying a database. You hope you can convert it. That's it. I'm sure there's probably not even much of a consideration to the product or or, or what it is in the long run, because it's not going to matter in the end. uh, By the time you're just basically trying to pluck those customers and bring them over to a more lucrative vertical uh, in sports betting. So you know, uh, I think Brad's article is absolutely worth a read where he talks about you know, the valuations that are out there and just how they've been soaring and how folks in the uh, in the Wall Street space who are obviously getting quite a bit of attention here today when it comes to GameStop and such things are uh, are looking at the uh, sports betting industry. I'm glad you brought that up, Adam, because uh, this is actually going to be my last podcast. I'm now worth nine figures due to all of my uh, GameStop uh, tradings here over the last few days. So I was actually going to announce it towards the end of the pod, but uh, I'll just go ahead and do it right here at the top. I thought you would just manage to get your hands on a PS5 and put it on eBay. <laughs> it was, man, this, uh, yes, the GameStop stuff is is something else. Uh, Dustin, before we, before we move on here, um, I think this also kind of goes to show it, we we wondered like, you know, OK, what is the path for people who want to get into the space, 
They're coming in from behind you, the major names in DraftKings, major name in FanDuel and BetMGM and stuff like that. So you have a Bally's and at least this, uh, you know, they at least are kind of illustrating one way to go about getting in and getting in, even starting from behind. They go in, they don't try to develop their own stuff. They just buy Betworks. They go in, they're going to buy Monkey Knife Fight, most likely one, as you mentioned, entry into these states that don't have legalized sports betting as it is right now, and also a, a portal to a pretty big and what we assume to be fairly robust email list into the states that do have legalized sports betting. We know with the, uh, there was an article from Sports Business Journal today about the rebranding of all of the Fox Sports regionals to Bally Sports. And there will be, you know, content that is put on those networks as well. So basically, uh, where I'm going with this is you can play from behind if you just want to come in and spend a whole lot of money. Yeah, I mean, Bally's at least, uh, they're efforting that, right? They're trying to get there. They're, you know, we do. Can touch on the, the the old Fox Sports networks uh, now owned by Sinclair are being rebranded. They were rebranded today as as Bally's. Uh, so you're going to start seeing that if you have F if you used to have the Fox Sports regional networks, you're now going to see them branded as Bally's, and that's you know that's and a, pretty good coverage actually in amongst the states that do have legalized sports betting. I mean, they're not in the Northeast, but they're all over the they're all over the Midwest. They're in the the South as well. Well, we know Louisiana will be coming online fairly soon. Mississippi is already there with uh, legalized sports betting, and, and so like they they actually have fairly decent coverage as well in the states. I mean, Iowa, Illinois, they're across the mid uh, Midwest with those states. So you know, it could be could be fairly interesting interesting to see what they what they get going over there yeah but yeah but it is the example of the will that you're gonna have to have like you know we right. still we still have operators just coming in and like opening up the doors and saying we're gonna have the best prices that ain't gonna work i tell you that uh, <laughs> i'm sure some of you are probably listening to this you gotta do something else you're, you're not gonna just win by saying we have the lowest vig that's not that's not that's not the path to you know competing with DraftKings and fandle that is that is it's it's great on sports betting Twitter. It is great with some high volume and, and large customers. It is not the way to get into the hearts and minds of sports betters across the country. You know, you know, maybe converting some of the offshore sports betters as well. But so yeah, I mean, this it's an example of the will. You got like they, they go buy a platform. They go you know do this deal so that they are their name is on is synonymous with sports in several different regions. Like that's what you have to do right now or or you or you hold tight like you know the other the other side of this is a, is like a bet 365 which we don't end up, end up talking about they have largely sat tight and are are biding their time they we have seen anecdotally that they have raised their uh, their the amount of marketing that they're doing at least in the northeast where, where they have a, a new jersey sports book but yeah i mean you, you want to come in and compete with the you know what we see right now is the the big four big two FanDuel, DraftKings, MGM and Barstool in some order those like that that is the the will it takes right now to lead in in the US sports betting market and you're going to have to you're going to have to somehow match that in some way in terms of eyeballs or money or what have you uh, to to really to make a, a mark in the market Adam, we were here last week. We were talking about uh, we were we were days away and and actually hours away from the launch of two new states kind of joining the fray here. And um, what are the updates from Virginia and Michigan as they have gone online? Fairly robust traffic is what we've seen. Uh, Virginia just today got its way all the way up to four sports books available. DraftKings uh, following FanDuel. Of course, FanDuel had the deal with the Washington football team that allowed them to get in first. And then DraftKings followed today by BetMGM and BetRivers, 
getting into the space. We don't know more than that because, as we discussed last week, the Virginia lottery has been very secretive. Um, they've had 25 applicants for what we think could be uh, as many as a dozen sports betting licenses. There's a bill to try to make that uh, even more than that now, maybe more like uh, 17, depending on major league franchises uh, in addition to the Washington football team, et cetera. But for now, what we know is that a dozen licenses, four of them are accounted for. They're just sort of trickling out there. Uh, robust first weekend um, and Michigan, we know, now has launched uh, with 10 sports books where you, they opened the door and threw, uh, threw it all out there at the start. And both states are seeing some uh, some big opportunities for uh, free bets and bonus offers and match bets and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, it was I actually did a little just a recon work of my own, just just reaching out to people that on Twitter and, and other things like that as as far as people that lived in Michigan. And I was like, Hey, can you guys just, uh, you know, shoot me over some, some of the stuff that you're getting, some of the stuff you're seeing, some of the stuff that's going on. And it would, it would be a dream scenario for me, Adam. I'm not even going to, and Dustin, you know, as well, this is, I should have got on a plane. I should have gone up there. I should have just rented a hotel room and stayed there for a week because everything that I'm hearing coming out of up there just sounds like a gigantic, wonderful place that everybody that's ever bet on sports should be. Well, when we say that if you are so inclined, there are thousands of dollars of free yes. money available to you, we're not exaggerating. Like that's that's not some, you know, price is right sort of a new car. No, like you really right. have all of this available to you in, in free bets and match bets uh, if you live in one of these states that are highly competitive for customers right now. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. That's not really what we what we do here. If you're interested in that stuff and live in Michigan, you can head over to our, our, our sister site, The Lines. But it, it's uh, it's just unbelievable what's going on up there. I had people sending me different commercials, different print ads. They were billboards and all kinds of stuff. It just seems absolutely amazing. So enjoy Michigan. It is uh, it is something that you're only going to get to go through one time. What about uh what do we get from Intain, though, Adam? I mean, in this whole deal, whenever we're talking about the launches in these states. I thought the most interesting part of <laughs> the stories about this last week were the outgoing CEO of Intain. It's important to keep in mind. The outgoing CEO of Intain saying that BetMGM is poised to, quote, dominate the Michigan sports market. Okay. I mean, that that's that's one way to look at it. And look, if there's any state where we think Michigan, uh, where Bet MGM can make a push. It's it's Michigan. They have a retail presence. They are starting on level footing with everybody else. They have their marketing machine ramped up uh, to a point that they didn't last year. I thought the interesting part, though, of the outgoing CEO, CEO of Entain, the company that just rejected a takeover bid from MGM, saying this is that it kind of keeps alive a tradition that we've seen because Entain previously was GVC. GVC saw Kenny Alexander leave not all that long ago, basically saying the same kind of thing on the way out the door that they expected to uh, to significantly up their market share. And we're still kind of waiting on that from uh, from MGM, not to say that it can't be done, but I just thought the parallel was interesting. Yeah, it was. And as you mentioned, I mean, not only the presence there in in Michigan, but there's there there's an MGM grand in Detroit. It is one of their flagship. I mean, they are, they are very, very proud of that property there in Detroit. And then they also built the thing, you know, right from the get go with with the thought that there was going to be sports betting and they were going to try and have, you know, a nice sports betting presence. They, you know, from a physical standpoint, of course, we're, we're more worried about what's going on online. But I mean, they even built that casino 
with, you know, a sports betting lounge. It's got six, six different betting windows, 60 televisions, 22 different kiosks, uh, self-betting kiosks that are located throughout the casino and things like that. So, I mean, this was, this was certainly, you know, uh, they, something that they prioritized as they were, uh, you know, putting that casino on the map up there and everything. So very interesting to see. And we'll certainly be following how they do in Michigan as well. That first batch of numbers is going to be pretty awesome when those do come out. Dustin, it is our, we are obligated. It is in our contract that we must talk about New York every single podcast. So let's go ahead and talk about New York. Yep. Uh, I'll say we're pretty much where we were. We're going to be that way a lot of times. There's still, uh, there's, there's hope that the, the New York sports betting will appear in the budget, that legislators and Governor Andrew Cuomo will find common ground. We are pretty much still uh, at a standoff and not, not exactly sure where that's going to go. What we did learn this past week is uh, a long uh, a study that was commissioned in New York to, to explore all sorts of uh, types of gaming expansion in, in the state, including downstate or New York City casinos came out. And uh, this is where we thought at one point that the, the idea of a monopoly that, that, that Cuomo has has put out there came from would have come from the study which we had not seen but we knew had been written and and probably existed and it it just, it just came out and we learned that this was not what was in that study it did not consider or contemplate uh, a, a, a a monopoly where New York has one operator and does that so it, it it contemplates what has been floated in the legislature for a long time which is both commercial casinos and tribal casinos or or some combination thereof of having online betting and partnering people and, and the, uh, what the, what the, what that looks like and how that would provide revenue for the state. So we, we have that. And then it sort of becomes a little, little less clear of why, of why, uh, you know, governor Cuomo decided to say, Oh, we're going to have a, we, I, we, we want to keep all the money and more of the money and not have this, this kind of model that we've seen pretty much everywhere, everywhere. And, everywhere else in the United States. So uh, it's interesting to see it's, uh, you know, it, it still comes up with a lot of money in operator revenue, less money than Cuomo would like in terms of, of tax revenue. But um, you know, the, the hope here is that everybody gets together and some, at some point everybody says, we're going to find some way to get this done there. We need, we need to create this incremental revenue so that we don't have to cut other programs or what have you. And that New York will figure this out. Now, I don't know if we'll, 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 we'll handicap that as a favorite, but it is still in play right now. At least there are all sides talking about it now and not just the guys who have been behind it the whole time, right? At least it is becoming more omnipresent there in New York as opposed to just a couple of guys that we had mentioned just multiple, multiple times on the podcast throughout the course of the last couple of years as to being, you know, an advocate of something like this. We, we do have more people joining the conversation. Yeah, and just having Cuomo like in the discussion—that's that's new. Before we've kind of just always kind of thought he didn't want it, and uh, he was just he was going to be the roadblock. He was why we didn't see it moving in the assembly, and now he's at least engaged on the subject again. The the rubber meets the road where 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 Cuomo stands. What will he say? Is does he have room to move off his position, or is this locked in locked in stone, and we can't possibly move off? having doing it the way he was. If there's an opening for, for multiple operators and, you know, we, we, we've parsed gone down to parsing the grammar of what he's proposed and like, maybe there's a room to have multiple operators. If it's a single operator versus what we're, what the what legislators are asking for, which, which, you know, helps their constituencies and the casinos that exist in the state and all the operators who want to get in, then, then I feel like we have a chance if we have multiple operators coming in, but if we're still, 
if we're stuck on one operator versus 14, we're, we're just not going to get there is my sense, uh, at least this year. And maybe, maybe we're talking more about a longer term answer, but you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're in the budget process in New York now, and we're, we're going to see like how, how strict these positions are. And if there's some wiggle room to, to make something work here in the short term. Adam, looking over at Connecticut, and this is a state that it seems like there is a decent amount of momentum for getting sports betting, but it seems like how to get there and where the the path is to that end goal, a lot of cooks in the kitchen, and maybe this thing is going to uh, take some take some turns before we can actually get there. You know, Connecticut kind of gets a pass in the here we are again talking about it discussion because of New York, uh, because we feel like we've been saying the same things about New York for so long. But uh, Connecticut's not that far off, uh, as one of the state reps mentioned at the hearing that they just had on it this week. He said, we've been having this same discussion since 2015 and uh, had some very colorful quotes about how everybody takes their ball and goes to their corner and nobody gives an inch on it. So that's where we are at the moment with Connecticut. There's a bill that's been introduced that would allow the two dominant tribes, the Mashantucket Pequot and uh, the Mohegan tribe, who, of course, operate uh, Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun, to have sports betting, not just in the casinos, but online as well. And we know the, uh, the Mashantucket Pequot have a deal with DraftKings that would allow them to help facilitate that. But of course, how this all gets done is is an enormous question. The tribes uh, have been contending for years that they believe they have exclusivity to offer sports betting in the state. That's not unique to Connecticut. That has been a tribal argument uh, via the tribal compacts in many states. Uh, what has been different in Connecticut is that the tribes have essentially said that they will stop making their uh, slot payments to the state per their their compact and those happen to be worth many 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 millions of dollars so that's being discussed at the moment uh there were some discussions as well involving the lottery and some others who were saying that they need to have brick and mortar to make these things work i mean that you know that that's some harebrained stuff right there um but in any case there are more people who want to get it done in Connecticut than there have been in the past. There is a general lack of disagreement over how to do it. And if that sounds like New York, it's because it is. <laughs> we will we will monitor both sagas, you know, as they continue to go on here. But uh, yeah, lots of cooks in the kitchen there. Lots of different people who think that they have the right idea how to get it done. So we shall see how that all ends up. Uh, Dustin, take us home here talking about Massachusetts. This is a state that does not currently, again, have legalized sports betting, despite the fact that, the, you know, one of the largest gaming operators now in in the space in DraftKings is headquartered there. And as long as we, as we're just, this is like the, the roundup of states we've been talking about forever. I have been talking about Massachusetts since I've started this about uh, with online casino and sports betting. We have a sports betting bill in Massachusetts. This, of course, is the home to DraftKings, which is now uh, obviously not just the DFS, but an online gambling giant. So I... It, we're, 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 it feels like a lot of deja vu. Like I, I have felt that Massachusetts was going to get done for for quite some time now, and that it just hasn't. And it's like it, there, like again, everybody wants it. We have uh, we have casinos that should want it. We have an MGM, and we have Win. Win, as we know, is making a big play with with WinBet too. So it sh it should want want this to happen as well. So and of course we with MGM and what they're doing, they like they are they are one of the three commercial casinos in the state. So 
uh, it all feels like we should be getting to something happening in Massachusetts. It's just it just hasn't before. The even the Gaming Commission has been doing studies and looking at what online casino and sports betting would mean for the state. It feels like like it's like it's time to to do something or not, and, and, and we might still be not. But it, people have been talking about this so long in Massachusetts, and. You know, uh, we've even had the governor. We've had the governor in the past weigh in, and uh, but uh, you know, as as we always say with these states, it's a lot of devil in the details, and uh, like everybody could want, everybody could want it, but everybody wants it a slightly different way, and that ends up ter- turning into inaction. So uh, we're obviously, we, you know, we got a long time to go here in Massachusetts in terms of how it might go down, um, but yeah, you, you think you think like a, a combination of DraftKings and MGM, two of the biggest players in online gambling, that, you know, eventually they, they they muster up the 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 will to get this done in, in the, in the rather than the short term, rather than the long term. Like it feels like we're not that far away from Massachusetts, but famous last words, uh, like my, my over under of three and a half is the number of States that I think I put on beginning of the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, Massachusetts would probably be key to that, to getting, hitting that over if we're going to get there because they're a state that's been talking about this so long and feels like, the party should be interested in it and uh, we'll just have to see whether it actually gets done here in sometime in 2021. Adam, we just need this to get done because I need to see the regional bias on how they go about betting the Patriots every single week. We got these results out of Tennessee. Like I was getting these results from the sports books and Tennessee was the number one bet team in Tennessee every single week, no matter what. And we know how Pats fans are. So I need this to happen strictly to see the the regional bias that will go on in Massachusetts. You need to look no farther than what's going on in New Hampshire and Rhode Island right now. <laughs> and you can have that extrapolated out on a much larger scale in Massachusetts. I mean, I just every single week it was Titans, 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 Titans across the board in, in Tennessee. It was unbelievable. So I need it to happen in Massachusetts for sure. Uh, guys, as uh, as always, everything that we talk about here on the podcast, you can find over at LegalSportsReport.com. Go in, take a look at all of those written words by all of our very talented staff over there that Adam has uh, is managing on a day-to-day basis. So be sure and take a look at, uh, at all that stuff. It is really, really good stuff, all in detail and maybe even more detail than we get into here on the podcast. You should follow both of these guys on the Twitter machine. Dustin Galker is at Dustin Galker. Adam is at Adam Candy. That is two E's, no Y. And again, if you hate yourself, at Matt Brown M2, you want to give me a follow. For Dustin, for Adam, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.